Chafhei Av, Tafshin Ayin Chet, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Yako Shweki, 8 Record, or Et Record, opens things up on this week's edition of the Israel Show. Welcome in, welcome one and all to this uh, week's edition of the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following J.M. in the A.M., 9 a.m. Israel, 4 p.m., no, 9 a.m. <laughs> 9 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Israel time, around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is now, that's the time that we're on. Or you can listen to us whenever you want. On demand, you set the timing by going to the archives and listening to the Israel show whenever you want. It's on NahumSiegel.com. Go to the archives, click on the Israel show, choose the show you want to listen to. All five and a half years are there. Or... Go to the app, or as Nachum calls it, the beloved NSN app, which is available for Android and for OS, iOS, Apple, iPhone, free, Nachum Single Network app. There too, you can listen to the archives. And not only that, you can download it into your device. Download the show, today's show, next week's show, last week's show. You can't download next week's show yet. But after it'll happen, you can. Any show, that's the point I'm trying to make. Any show, you can download it when you're in Wi-Fi for free into your device and then listen to it on the road when you're traveling. What a great travel companion we try to be. And uh, please tell your friends. Uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your relatives, tell anybody who you think might be interested in a show that is so fantastic and terrific it, focuses on Israel, everything that's going on there, and also on music, which is, I mean, just think about it, the great music that keeps coming out of the state of Israel. It's uh, its really amazing, i got to tell you. Um, so, we have a lot coming up. We're going to tell you about, uh, we're going to try and have somewhat of a discussion about the the national law or the Israel national state law. Very complex. Actually not. They make it sound very complex. It's not as complex as they make it sound. But there are a few things I just want to share with you before we uh, we go to music. Some some quick, short pieces of, uh, of news that um, we've come across. Over the past years, we, right here on this non-sports show, unlike the show that you know, succeeds us, comes right after us. Um, with Yoni Pollock. Unlike that show, we're not, we're not a, a sports show. But we've spoken many times about Israel and sports. And sports is an important venue for Israel. It's an international venue in which through sports, hopefully some walls can come down between enemies or between people that don't know much about Israel and the state. And we've spoken about the hypocrisy of claiming 
the international community claims that sports is above politics, that sports is about brotherhood and so forth. And yet, at the same time, the Arab countries banned Israeli athletes at first from participating at all, and then later they allowed them to participate, but never under the Israeli flag. So it was an absurd thing to watch judo matches, international judo matches, where Israel has an excellent placing, excellent representation, where the Israeli athlete wasn't wearing, like all the other athletes, the symbol of their country or the letters of their country. Israel would be ISR on the back of their uh, of shirt or whatever it is, uh, uniform that they're wearing. They had to put, uh, compete under the International Judo Federation. So that IJF and the flag that they wore on the front of their uniform was not the flag of Israel, but it was, again, the flag, whatever that was, of the IJF. And when they won, and so many of them came in first and they were playing the anthem, they didn't play the Hatikva, no. They played the anthem. Of, of the, does anybody know what it is? The International Judo Federation. Nobody knew what it was, but they had it ready there. And this was going on, this happened in Dubai, it happened in whatever, Tunisia, United Arab Emirates, um, all these other uh, Gulf countries, Muslim nations. And Israel kept, the Israeli athletes kept going, and, and many questioned the, the strategy of continuing to do that. Why should we go and allow them to embarrass us, allow them to demean us? But Israel said, no, we're going to go, we're going to let the athletes compete, They've worked so hard to compete. We're going to let them compete. And at the same time, we're going to protest. Well, I guess after several years, it's finally happened. This past Friday, the International Judo Federation made the following statement, quote, based on experiences from previous years and in an attempt to take a firm and constructive stance in the fight against discrimination in sports, the International Judo Federation announces that it will suspend two of its events, namely the Abu Dhabi Grand Slam and the Tunis Grand Prix. Is that amazing? They're just can't, they're not going to have those tournaments. They're basically saying to the Muslim world, if you cannot accept that there is a Jewish state, if you cannot accept that the Israeli athletes wear the Jewish flag, then you're out. And, and, and you know, the Jewish state isn't obviously mentioned by name in this, what I just read and what I'm about to read, but it's clear I mean, this was the only case of bias. The anti-Israel discrimination at the previous events necessitated the decision. And we go back to their statement, quote, Prior to this decision and after carefully analyzing the past situations involving the denial of participation in equal conditions of all International Judo Federation, IJF member federations, with their national insignia and anthem, at the aforementioned events. And after repeated past interventions, the IJF officially requested the two organizers to provide a letter of guarantee signed by the government that all IJF member nations would have the right to participate in their events in equal conditions, the statement said. And what was the answer? 
as they say, crickets, silence. No positive answer was received to date. Wow. So after all this time, it's great, it's really good to hear that after all this time, the Arabs are finally going to suffer the consequences of their discriminatory behavior. I don't know if this was publicized in other media around the world. It should be. It's a gutsy move by the International Judo Federation. Now, they added a little caveat, and it's still a gutsy. It's still, even with this edition that I'm about to read to you, it's still a gutsy statement. Quote, aware that the situation, the IJF is aware that the situation and incidents registered are due to a complex and complicated political and historical context, but we strongly believe that politics should have, should not have any interference in sports and that sports should be a reflection of human respect, understanding, and mutual cooperation and that sports, as one of the highest expressions of humanity, hmm, should have the power to overcome any other conflict or interest. Bravo! to the International Judo Federation, and may they be an inspiration to others. Um, before we go to music, I'm going to tell you that next week, t- later today in Israel, there's going to be a memorial for Emmanuel Moreno. We've spoken about him also many times. He was killed on the last day of the Second Lebanon War. He was considered by almost everybody in the military to be one of, if not the, most respected Israeli combat soldiers. That's saying something. A young religious man, married, believed that he lived in Eili, he definitely went to the Mechina Bnei David in Eili. And what he did was so daring, infiltrating, it seems, other armies and countries that to this very day years after he was killed his photo cannot be shown in public cannot be published because at the point that it is published those who were duped by him will realize that he was an Israeli agent and things that he did before his death, what was it, um, about 20 years ago? 15 years ago? Those things obviously still ha- still carry weight. But, later today, with the, uh, with the approval of Israeli military uh, censors, at a memorial tribute to him on his yard site, which I believe is tonight, so it's probably half... Um, what are we today? We just said Chavhei, so it's Chavav Av. They will play an audio tape of a speech that he gave when he got a commendation from the Israeli Defense Forces years ago, in which he speaks about the expulsion of the Jews from Gush Katif and Aza. During that time, he personally went down to the Jewish communities in Aza and helped them in the most 
awesome soldier, combat soldier in the Israeli army, went down and helped people pack their homes. I, what an unbelievable personality. So, I'm telling you all this because I want you to stay tuned next week. We will, God willing, have for you the audio of um, of this speech that he gave. Not a speech, more like a statement that he gave. And uh, we'll hear not only his voice, but what he stood for. And if we can't see his face, at least we'll hear his voice and know what it is that he was thinking at the time. So um, that's going to be coming up next week. It's uh, probably going to be happening tonight, and uh, we'll have a chance to to get to that. Um, when we come back, we'll speak more about what's going on with the Iran deal, and then later we get to the Chok uh, HaLeom, Israel's nation-state legislation. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Released last week, Yoni Genot with Hanigan Simcha Shel Mitzvah. <laughs>
Simcha Shel Mitzvah, The Niggin, released last week by Yoni Gennett, a very cute video clip that goes with it, and um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, you know, I, I hope that you know by now that we post links to all the music videos that we play during the show. We post the links on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel show, and you can go there and you can see this video because it adds so much to the song. It's very cute. Very cute. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, the United States, as we know, pulled out of the Iran deal led by President Trump. One of the greatest things that he did, also a very gutsy move. We all know what's going on in the Iran. We all know that it was a sham deal put together by Secretary of State John Kerry and President Obama, that it was a deal that sold out Israel. It was a deal that never made it through the Congress. Ultimately, it was only an executive order because President Obama knew he couldn't make it through the Congress like a normal treaty should. And he, he left himself open. President Obama did. Left himself open to, to exactly what just happened. That if it's an executive order, if it's just something that the president is signing as president, then when he is no longer president, the next one can say, I'm not part of that. That's exactly what President Trump did. And he has put sanctions yet again on Iran, and they're being felt, and they're working. Because the United States has told the world, if you do business with Iran, then you can't do business with us, so take your pick. It's, a, it's, it's really a no-brainer, considering the size of the economies. And it's working, we see it's working because of the protests that are taking place in Iran all the time by its citizens protesting against the government it's heating up sanctions are working president obama a uh, president trump is saying it was a horrible deal i'm not saying we shouldn't have a deal but if we're going to have one we need to have a good one let's renegotiate it let's set up certain new conditions of course iran won't hear of that but you wouldn't believe who is supporting Iran in their endeavor to try and beat the sanctions of the United States and continue their march toward an atomic bomb. The European Union! Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? Today, the European Union said it deeply regretted. It's un- unbelievable. It's, it's like unbelievable. The European Union said it deeply regretted the reimposition of sanctions by the United States on Iran, adding that the European Union and other signatories, I think Russia is a signatory in China, would work on keeping financial channels with Iran open. means they're going to literally subvert what the United States is trying to do. And they're going to push and work towards making sure that Iran can continue to do business even though 
the Americans have imposed sanctions. Here's the quote. The remaining parties to the JCPOA, that's the official moniker of the Iran deal, the remaining parties of the JCPOA have committed to work on inter alia the preservation and maintenance of effective financial channels for Iran and the continuation of Iran's export of oil and gas. Sure, let's help this, the genocidal murderers. The European Union's Foreign Service said in a statement referring to the acronym for the nuclear deal struck in I, with Iran in 2015, the United States intends to fully enforce sanctions due to be reimposed against Iran early this week on orders from U.S. President Donald Trump, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said on Sunday. Okay. I mean, do we need more? Has the anti-Semitism that lived in Europe... For generations, has that changed? It did after the Holocaust. And as I like to say, I don't like to say, but as I say, it seems that 70 years of quiet from anti-Semitism, or 65 years, the cost for that is 6 million Jews. So 6 million were killed, we got quiet. There was no anti-Semitism for 65 years or 60 years in Europe. 60 years are up, we paid the price. And now they're back. Brand new music from Yair Levy. We debuted his music here about a year and a half ago. His first album. A uh, Someone who devoted many years of his life to the defense of the state of Israel. A combat soldier. What a combination. A combat soldier in one of the elite units. Who composes and sings and writes the lyrics of these beautiful songs. This one just came out, uh, I think, yesterday. Ten Lila Hargishadzeh, Yair Levy. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> והראש קצת חולם העיניים יודעות כשהלב משתלט אולי זה יעבור השמיים ייפתחו גם עליי אולי זה כבר כאן תן לי להרגיש את זה אולי זה
Brand new music from Yair Levy. I said a year and a half ago. It's amazing how time flies. Two and a half years ago, his album Shuvlin Shum came out um, with some great music that we've played often. Minagen, Tenli, Shuvlin Shum, the title track. Um, that was just after he was released from the army. He took all the songs that he had written and began releasing them and ultimately put out that album. Link to the video, to the music video, on our on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show, later today. Well, it's being discussed <laughs> ad infinitum. I mean, it's like uh, one of these things that doesn't stop. The conversation about what seems to be the most obvious, simplest law that one can pass in the state of Israel. And yet, the pushback that it's getting within Israel and uh, from uh, the American Jewish community, which is mainly a leftist community, so it's an anti-BB community, anti-Netanyahu community, uh, that pushback is unbelievable. Many of you have maybe heard about it, read about it, it's usually being presented as the controversial bill on Wikipedia. I, I, I checked out Wikipedia on it. It is unbelievable how they skew the whole thing to the left. Basically only showing you the crit- criticism of it and saying, oh, even members of the Knesset from the right are against it. Who do they bring as the as the proof to that, well, Benny Begin, who I tremendously respect, but he's the only one on the right, pretty much, who's against it. So it's like, oh, members of, because uh, like, you know. Here, here's the sentence from Wikipedia, just to show you how slanted it is. The proposal has been criticized even by people affiliated with the Israeli right, such as the minister and Likud party MK, Benny Begin. First of all, he's not a minister anymore, but that's besides the point. Critics have argued that the proposed law is blah, blah, blah. So just whenever you're reading, especially with Wikipedia, but any, me, any, any media, any newspaper, be very careful. Watch the wording carefully. Here's the law. It's, it's pretty straightforward. It's, it's, I mean, tell me if there's something here that you disagree with. It's not even a long law. You know, some of the legislation in the United States is like 2,000 pages. This is 11 11 short paragraphs. The State of Israel, paragraph 1. Israel is the historic homeland of the Jewish people in which the State of Israel was established. Okay. It stays away from controversy because it doesn't even define the boundaries. It just says Israel. The st- to be, the state of Israel is the nation-state of the Jewish people in which it fulfills its natural, religious, and historic right to self-determination. That is, Israel is a Jewish state. There's no separation of church and state in Israel. Israel is the one and only Jewish state. C, the fulfillment of the right of national self-determination in the state of Israel is unique to the Jewish people. Which means a group of Arabs 
who decide, or Bedouins, who decide one day to break off from the state and declare their own, like, mini-government, they can't do it because the right for national self-determination is for Jews alone. Two, national symbols. This is easy. The name of the state is Israel. The flag of the state is white, two blue stripes near the edges, and a blue star of David in the center. The symbol of the state is the menorah with seven branches, olive leaves on each side, and the word Israel at the bottom. The national anthem of the state is Hatikva. Further details concerning the issues of state symbols will be determined by future laws. Now, the anthem is Hatikva. One might say, so what, what, why do I need to pass a law that this is the flag and this is this and this and that? And that? You know, it's, it's not new that over the past decade or so there have been people who have been speaking out against Hatikva as the national anthem. They say, well, the Arabs who live in Israel, the minorities that live in Israel, they can't hook into that hope. It talks about Hatikva as the hope, hope that the Jewish people had for 2,000 years of returning to the land of Israel. That's true, but it's a Jewish state, and you as an Arab have all the civil rights. As a minority, though, the anthem will be saying things that you may disagree with. The anthem of Canada says stuff that I'm sure many Canadians disagree with. So the law says that's the national anthem. Three, the unified and complete city of Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Okay, that's clear. One could see why the world would, would yell about that. Chas v'shalom. The Jerusalem should be the capital of Israel. The unified and complete city of Jerusalem. Four, the language of the state. Hebrew is the language of the state. The Arabic language has a special status in the state. The regulation of the Arab language in state institutions or when facing them, or that when somebody is facing a, a state institute, will be regulated by future laws. This clause does not change the status given to the Arab language before the basic law was created. Okay. Five, the state will be open to Jewish immigration and to the gathering of the exiled. Okay, here's a big exclamation point. Because here is where Israel says we are discriminating against others in certain ways. Here's where Israel says that if you're an Arab that lives in Israel and you want to bring your whole family to join you, we're sorry, but that's not going to happen. But if you're a Jew... then you just show up at the border and you're in. That's because it is the nation state of the Jewish people. Six, the diaspora. The state will labor to ensure the safety of sons of Jewish people and its citizens who are in trouble and captivity due to their Jewishness or their citizenship. B, the state will act to preserve the cultural, historical, and religious legacy of the Jewish people among the Jewish diaspora. I could do without that last clause. But if I look at A, the state will be able to ensure the safety 
of sons of Jewish people and its citizens who are in trouble and captivity due to their Jewishness. And I think about, in a small way, the rescue at Entebbe. In a big way, bringing the Jews out of Ethiopia, which the state of Israel did. In a big way, bringing the Jews out of Russia, which was a combined effort, but surely the state of Israel had a big part in it. And others, obviously. Those are a few that come to mind. Seven, the state views Jewish settlement as a national value and will labor to encourage and promote its establishment and development. Build up the land. Building up the land of Israel is part of the ethos of the Zionist movement and of the state of Israel. Some of these are compromises. This piece is a compromise because they wanted to say something else. But, okay. Eight, the Hebrew calendar is the official calendar of the state, and alongside it, the secular calendar will serve as an official calendar. The usage of the Hebrew calendar and of the secular calendar will be determined by future laws. So, what that means is that every official document of the state of Israel has first the Hebrew date and then the secular date. That is an amazing thing holding on to the tradition of the Jewish calendar is a, a, by the state. I think I mentioned this before, but when I lived in Israel, I would date my checks with the Hebrew date, only with the Hebrew date. And that's legal. Because the Hebrew date is the official calendar of the state of Israel. Nine, national holidays. Independence Day is the official holiday of the state or an official holiday, Memorial Day for those who fell in wars of Israel and the Memorial Day for the Holocaust and heroism are official Memorial Days of the state. Ten, Saturday and Jewish holidays are the official days of rest in the state. Those who are not Jewish have the right to honor their day of rest and their holidays. Details concerning these matters will be determined by future law. The, this basic law, and that's an important thing, it's, it's called a basic law, because Israel does not have a constitution, And uh, in place of a constitution, it is developing a group of basic laws. And that's why this was so important. This basic law may not be altered except by a basic law that gained the approval of the majority of Knesset members. That's it. I read the whole law to you, word for word. And I want to share with you what, um, what I think is the best analysis that I've seen about it. It was written by somebody who's very involved in the process, Professor Moshe Capel. It was posted on his Facebook page. A lot of people shared it. I will post it on our page. Let's see, do we have time for a quick song? Yeah, we'll play a quick song and then we'll go to the analysis by uh, Professor Moshe Capel about, uh, about this law. It really uh, helps put everything into perspective, why people are so against it, why the tens of thousands, if not, well, no, tens of thousands of people come to protest the law on Saturday night in Israel, in Tel Aviv's uh, Rabin Square. Why is there so much noise about it? And why is that noise, according to Professor Coppell, unreasonable and unwarranted? 
We're going to take a um, departure from our usual song selection because we usually play songs that are in Hebrew, as this is the Israel show. But this is a song that is in French. The reason we're going to play it, it came out today. It came out this morning in Israel, sung by Yishai Rebo. It's on his latest album. I, I didn't even know what, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm not even going to try the French. But the translation of the title is Like Birds. Like birds that fly, okay? And it's just beautiful. And it is a uh, partnership between Yishai Rebo, let's see if I have the, if I can find the page quickly enough, between Yishai Rebo and a a, a Jewish uh, Frenchman, a French Jew, I should say, um, who represented France in the Eurovision contest. His name is Amir. And it was the first time ever that a Jew represented France in the Eurovision. So these two got together. Uh, Yishai Ribo is originally from France. His uh, native tongue, his Mamalashan, is French. And so I think it's an interesting, uh, an interesting song, and it warrants our playing it here, even though it is not in Hebrew. Yishai Ribo, something, something, something in French, which means <laughs> like birds. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. Dis-moi si tu veux faire un tour à deux danser sur la mer Enjamber les rivières, les rayons du soleil Entre les arbres sommeil, n'attends pas que demain La vie passe entre nos mains comme les oiseaux en l'air Chante des mystères, on a tout pour plaire Être mieux qu'hier, on ira très haut, nos sacs C'est facile, tu sais, laisse le vent venir, te souffler l'avenir, enflammé de bonheur, on brûlera nos heures à courir dans ces champs, de fourrir et de chants, Quand les oiseaux en l'air chantent des mystères, on a tout pour plaire, être mieux qu'hier, on ira très haut, nos sacs sur le dos, on verra sur la terre où se cache la lumière. Sur le dos, on verra sur la terre où se cache la lumière, où se cache la lumière, où se cache la lumière, où se cache la lumière. 
French or not, it's a beautiful song. <laughs> Ishai Rebo and Amir came out today. We're going to post the um, link to the music video on YouTube later on on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Okay, we have to try and get all this in, so here we go. Professor Moshe Capel, professor at Barilan University, who has been involved in the process of writing this law, posted the following on his Facebook page. To set the record straight. One, what's in the law? Well, the law includes a declaration that Israel is the nation-state of the Jewish people and a list of specific matters in which Israel's Jewish character is reflected, including its flag, anthem, calendar, language, immigration, and settlement policies, days of rest, and connection to the Jewish diaspora. That's what we just read. In short, the kind of stuff that is common in constitutions of democratic nation-states all over the world. What does the law not say? The law does not include any rights or privileges reserved for individual Jews, nor does it deny any rights or privileges to individual non-Jews. All Israelis, regardless of nationality or religion, hold all the human and civil rights customarily accorded to citizens of free countries. The law does nothing to diminish those rights in any way. That, my friends, is the main point. This law has nothing to do with the rights of minorities. And if the minorities in Israel, especially the Jews minorities, that's a whole other conversation, but they're wonderful people who fight together with us as soldiers in the Israeli armies, as members of the police force, who sacrificed their sons. D-R-U-Z-E, Druze, have taken to say that this law is discriminatory or somehow makes them second-class citizens, it does not. It does not deny any rights to any individual non-Jew. Continues Professor Coppell, the law also does not concern Judaism as a religion or the authorities of any religious institution. So now you ask, why is it necessary to have such a law? Like, now, 70 years later, they woke up that this is the flag and this is the symbol and all that. Listen to this answer because this is also, this is, the first part is why there's nothing wrong with the law. Because it doesn't take away anything from anybody. It's about the nation, not about any individual. The second question is, why did we need the law? Since 1993, writes uh, Professor Moshe Coppell of Barlan University, Israel's Supreme Court has used, quote, the basic law, human dignity and freedom, in Hebrew they call it Chok Yisod Kvod HaAdam V'chayuto, to rule on the constitutionality of a variety of statutes and government policies involving Israel's Jewish character. Remember, there's no constitution. So these Chukei Yisod, these basic laws, serve as they are developed over time as the building blocks of which the court uses. So the court ruled on the constitutionality of different laws that the Knesset passed and threw them out 
including laws regarding allocation of JNF land, the primacy of Hebrew as Israel's language, rights to residency and citizenship, draft deferments, stipends of yeshiva students, and commerce on Shabbos, on Shabbat. In principle, these cases called for a delicate balance between Israel's democratic character and its Jewish character. But in fact, no such balance was achieved. The court, I'm saying this now, the court didn't think about the two sides of this balance. Precisely because Israel's Jewish character is not anchored in any basic law. Meaning, we always say Israel's a Jewish and a democratic state. That's the way it's always worded in Israel. Israel, he... he, um, Medina Yehudit Videmokratit. So is it Yehudit Videmokratit or is it Medina Yehudit Be'eretz Israel and offering full rights to all its citizens, including minorities? Which part? The democratic part or the Jewish part? Which part takes precedence? So the court ignored the Jewish character of the state of Israel because there was no such law. The proposed law is intended to address this asymmetry and to encourage a more sophisticated legal discourse regarding the tension between universal and national considerations. So then... Professor Coppell asks, why doesn't the law mention equality, democracy, and minority rights? Why does it only talk about the Jewish state? The short answer is that general human and civil rights are already included in the law that we just spoke about, the human dignity and freedom, and the purpose of this law is only to define Israel's Jewish character. But that short, meaning to, to give the balance to the other side. Now on one side you have that Israel is a democracy and everybody has equal rights, but there's no balance that says also that Israel is a Jewish state. So when the courts rule, they're ruling, they're taking their rulings all on, in one direction and leaving out the Jewish character part. So now there's a law that obligates them to take that into consideration. But that short answer, continues Professor Coppell, only captures part of the truth. It would certainly have been appropriate for a law of this nature to include mention of the equality of all citizens before the law, as well as the rights of minorities to maintain their own culture. I mean, you could have put that in. These were not included only because conservative lawmakers were afraid that such language would be abused by the activist Supreme Court justices to to undermine the rest of the law and to further compromise Israel's Jewish character. And that's what happened with the first law, the the, Kvod Adam V'chayuto. Unfortunately, the court's record provides ample grounds for such fears. Suffice it to say that those who cheered the court's unilateral expansion of its own authority over the past 25 years, I'll add, led by Chief Justice Barak, can blame themselves for this unintended consequence. So that's why it didn't say in the law that there's equality, because there is such a basic law already, and putting it into this law would possibly take away the oomph that is needed.
Aryeh Derry from Shas, a very sharp politician, said after he saw what the court, Supreme Court did over the years with that first basic law, the law that says everyone is equal under the law and so forth, but had nothing about the Jewish character of the state, Aryeh Derry says, I'm not, I'm not going for any laws anymore like that. Even if they would propose Chok Aseret Hadibrot, the laws of the Ten Commandments, I'm not voting because the courts can just pervert what the, what the intention of the law is. And continues Professor, um, Professor Kopel, Moish Kopel, to ask, well, all members of the opposition in the Knesset, as well as two Druze members of the coalition, voted against the bill. Doesn't this suggest that passage of the bill is merely a populist political ploy in anticipation of elections? I'll summarize the answer, but he says, number one, this isn't something that just came up now. This bill's been in the works for a very long time, well before this current Netanyahu government. You want to hear how far back this goes? The first version of the bill was drafted in 2004. And since then, there's been haggling back and forth about this wording or that wording. It's, it's, it's rather, rather amazing. Now... Another important point. Ultimately, in 2011, in August of 2011, the current law, the language of the current law was adopted and put on the Knesset's table. August 2011. Who put it on the table? Member of Knesset, Avi Dichter, who at the time was one of the heads of the Kadima party. And it was co-sponsored at the time by 37 MKs, that means at the time, meaning when Benjamin Netanyahu was not the Prime Minister. When Kadima was in power. Two-thirds of the Kadima MKs co-sponsored this bill. It didn't pass. The differences between that bill that was brought in 2011 to today's bill is only that today's bill is slightly watered down, meaning it's less Jewish, quote-unquote. So now, people who co-sponsored a stronger bill in 2011, like member of Knesset Yoel Hasson and member of Knesset Yisrael Beit, of Israel Beitenu Hamid Amar, who just petitioned the Supreme Court to rule that this new law is unconstitutional, they they supported and co-sponsored a stronger wording of this law, but when they were in power, not when Netanyahu was in power. So now you ask yourself, why are so many up in arms? And I would think, I would think that a lot of that is politics. Let's grab hold of something Let's convince others that they're being discriminated against. And let's fight the government. I I don't see any other way to get around that. We're closing out the show with the song Ani Gotzad Tamid Einayim, brand new from Bad Ella. Before we do that, let's say thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. My very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, immediately after us, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports. And then Novak now with Jake Novak. And then 
the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following Jamie and the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. I want to
Thank you.